0: You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for your listening pleasure, it's Henrik Thrain from the Danish outfit Black Income. Now the reason for the conversation is to promote the outfit's new album for 2019. It was released on the 23rd of August. It's called Unsound and by my estimation as you'll hear through the conversation... I'm thrilled with it. I think it's one of the best rock albums released in 20 or so odd years, longer probably. I'm actually going to break with convention on that note. I actually am going to play a cut from the album with Henrik's permission on the podcast because I know sometimes when you're listening to an artist and I can't play the music, it can be hard to visualise or oralize. is that the way to describe it, what the music sounds like. So I don't want to do that here. I actually want to prove how great this band is by playing one of their songs before we get to the interview. This is a cut called Feels Like a Storm. It's playing in the background right now, of course. Once that finishes, you'll hear the conversation with Henrik. of omnipresent uh, telephonic <laughs> yes, international communications, mate. What can I say? But look, it's it's really good to talk to you, mate. Let me tell you, I, I rate yeah. this album so highly. Thank you so much. You know, um, great. I mean, I don't we, know where to start, man. It's you just you've produced. We, we get
1: a lot from. We get a lot of love from from down there. So. I'm glad. Yeah, well, we love yeah. rock music.
0: Yeah, have you spoken to? Yeah. Have you spoken to a
1: lot of Australian journalists? Uh, no, but we had a couple of uh, written uh, um interviews uh but but not the radios.
2: Mm.
0: Well, look, let me tell so, you, I, I've got to tell you, Henry. I i and hmm? I, I say this from the heart, okay? So, yes, I might be a journalist, but I'm also a fan, I'm a rock and roll and heavy metal fan. And all oh, great, first and foremost, so I'm going to back this statement up, but I actually think this is the best rock music album, heavy metal backslash rock music album in about 25-odd years, okay? So let me tell you what I'm talking about. Holy coming from. shit. Okay, so here we go, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Unsound, it's the meeting point between Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soul Asylum, Sponge, Early Silverchair, Guns N' Roses, Stone Temple Pilots. But it's more than that, you know that. It's all of that, plus it's yeah. far more, okay? It's the coalescence of rock music's greatest hits from the past 30-odd years. So basically since about 1980. 9 or so. So you take into yeah. account everything that's happened since 1990 through the new millennium and also after 2010 or so. And for me to say that it's the best rock album since Weezer's Pinkerton from 1996 well yeah. that's that's oh, shit. if you know me that's I can't give a bigger statement man to a band. So I'll, no, leave it at, no, I'll leave it at that, and I'll hand over to you, man. I don't know how you guys have done it, to be honest with you. I'm sure you're, you're a smart bloke. I mean, we have only just meeting now over, the, over Skype for the first time, but, man, you've really produced a hell of a rock and roll album
1: here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm, I'm actually speechless, but, uh, <laughs> well, well um, uh, it took us some time because we, we started out with the first album, Noise Pollution, mm-hmm. and we, we weren't quite there. Uh, and uh, and it took us about three years to to come to a point where we thought hey, this is this is what uh, Black Income is going to sound like in the future. So so with the new album on Sound, it's. We, we, Yeah, you can roughly say you're. we found ourselves on this album. So Well, well you've done so more I'm, than I'm, that,
0: though. You've actually done a bit more than that, though. You've redefined rock music for 2019. And I've got to be frank here. That's how I'm hearing it. Because, yeah, you know, yes. I mean, the first three songs, Did You Know, Feels Like a Storm and Loaded Gun. Now, Feels Like a Storm is probably the best straight-ahead rock song since Guns N' Roses' mm-hmm. You Could Be Mine. I mean, it's that good. It is seriously that good. It's the sort of song that I find myself wanting to listen to all the time, but I have to stop myself because I don't want to wear it out. It's that good. (laughs) Okay. And it's one of those very, very rare songs, as is the whole album, where... It sounds good whether or not you listen to it with headphones on or over the shitty speakers that are in iPhone or Android devices. And you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, you've done a really good job with the production, but you can't polish a turd. You have to have the songs there. You guys have got the songs there. And, I mean, I get get sent so much stuff. I can't tell you how much stuff I get sent. And I actually do listen to it all. Some of it very quickly. Some of it I listen to for like 10 seconds and I go, I'm done. I don't want to listen to this anymore. It's noisy or it's bad or what have you. But as soon as yeah. I heard your stuff, it's it's you, you've managed to do this thing where you can get it straight away, like it's very immediate, but at the same time, it's got hooks. So you want to keep on listening mm-hmm. to it. So it's kind of got this pop music angle to it, but at the same time, yes. you've got this genuine rock and roll, raw attitude. You know, you a bit like, do you remember, I don't know whether you remember the band Neurotic Outsiders that had Steve Jones from Sex Pistols and Duff McKagan from Guns and Roses. Oh, you know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You you guys remind me of them a little bit, you know, that like okay. it's, it's, it's raw, it's immediate, it's bang, it's right there, but their album, um, I can't remember the name of it now, sorry, but it wasn't that good. It had a couple yeah. of really good songs on it. Yours is a really good album. Like I can listen <laughs> to it Thank all you. the time, you know, so I mean, I've heaped a lot of praise on you, man, but I think you deserve it.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Well, well, it's always uh, uh, quite thrilling when you you are sending out an album. You you go in the studio and you work with your songs and and, mm. and stuff like that. And when you release it, now there is no turning back. And uh, yeah, and that's maybe one of the reasons why we spent three years on on this album because we we didn't want it to just come out with the first debut album and. And we had some pretty nice uh, reviews on that one and we see many bands uh, go straight uh, through with the second album and sometimes the second album fall between the chairs and, and are not that good. Uh, we, we really wanted to, to, to yeah, you know, how should I express it? We, we, we wanted to do the full package. We wanted to have the, the good melodies, the good songs. We wanted to have the, the kind of rough riffs uh, and the stone kind of grungy feeling we are uh, we're working with and we also did a lot in the studio ourselves with the with the sound because Mm. uh, with the metal and rock music today we think it's too pumped and the listener gets you get tired of listening to it so we we tried to soften it a bit but still leave it as a rock band Uh, looking back at the the 90s and and the 80s, yeah. for that matter. That's the kind of sound we, we were looking for. So I
0: can hear that because I'm, I'm 41, so I grew up through the late 80s and 90s, all of the 90s, of course. And I feel like yeah. I was transported back to 1995. You know, like when Faith No More released King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. And Weezer had their self-titled album when we were about to release Pinkerton in 1996. You know, I f- it actually... It's not an album from back then, of course, but I feel like I'm back then when I'm listening to it. And thats all, I feel like I'm 18 and 19 again. And I just say, I don't know how you've done that's it. That's fantastic. Yeah, you've done it, man. You've actually done it. And so many bands try for it. And I'm so glad you say that you wanted to give the music space to breathe because it's a big issue that I have with a lot of these great musicians that are in deathcore and metalcore bands and death metal bands, you know, all of the metal, whatever subgenre bands they might yeah, be. yeah, yeah they're great musicians and they can write songs, but they bury it underneath this shit production like what Metallica did. And exactly. I, I listened to it and I think I, I'd like, even Bayard Murder, you know, an Australian band here, mm-hmm. you know, you've probably heard of them, like great band, yeah. great musicians. I've seen them live, man, they're crushing. Mm-hmm. But I can't listen to their albums for more than 15 minutes at a time. And I get all of this stuff sent to me, so I try. Believe me, I do try, yeah. but I, I can't do it because it just sounds like oral overload. But with, with your music, I can hear the bass because I'm a bassist, so I tune in on what the bass yeah, does. Yeah. Man, and yes. the drumming, the drumming's fucking outstanding. Let me tell you, like the drumming is, um, <clears throat> it's, it's slightly behind the beat and it just gives the music that room to breathe like what I was saying. And you just, yes. all three of you guys together work in perfect harmony and I hope you've gotten this feedback before because I am a musician, but I'm also a journalist, but I hope other people have given you this feedback because I think it's really important because I want people like you to continue to create music well beyond Unsound. You know what I mean? I hope this is just a start for bigger things for you.
1: (laughs) Actually, we didn't get uh, in-depth feedback like you're giving us right now, and and all of the bands you you mentioned earlier, they're... Mm that they are my favorite kind of bands from from the 90s and and stuff like that And we all grew up in in the 90s listening to to the grunge music and how uh how the metal scene were converged into to the 90s and, and mm. what happened in the 2000 and stuff like that um but but a lot of people when when they listen to us we, we just get the the 90s sticker on us and say hey that, that's a grunge band but we, so, we think ourselves we are a bit more than just a grunge band because we, we have some elements from different uh, kind of music and we, we try to put it all together in, in some kind of cocktail and, and trying to, to really work on, to try to, to drill down to what is it with Nirvana, what is it with the Stone Temple Pilots and what, what is it with the Iron Maiden and hmm. what is it that, that makes the music so special? and trying to find that in ourselves when when we work in the studio and and that's uh, that's the hardest part i think because the songs uh, are pretty much me who, who writes the ideas okay. for the songs yeah. i have lots of ideas but but trying to put it together in the studio and pr- trying to find out what is going to take take for instance feels like a storm what what is it with this song that can make this happen what is it that make can make this uh, the song the strongest, and and that's the the elements we are looking for in our songwriting. So it's actually quite nice to to get some some feedback from uh, from one who has uh, listened to our record.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, look, I've, the the first three songs, man, are essential listening. If you're, I mean, I'd go so far as to say, if you're a rock or heavy metal mm. fan and or heavy metal fan in 2019, and the first yeah. three songs in the album don't do something with you you're not a rock or heavy metal fan. It's that simple because to your point there about Iron Maiden, I was going to make the point that, and I will do it now, you sound to me <clears throat> yeah. like a heavy metal a heavy metal band, like an Iron Maiden playing yes. alternative music. Like you're very good musicians. I can hear that. I can hear that you're holding back. You're not overplaying. You've learnt restraint. Do you understand what I'm yes. saying? You've learnt restraint. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you're putting that, you, you, it's it's working, man. it's it's working, but so many try, but they're shit at it. You're good at it. And I, I don't well, know you how did. you've done it. It's just obviously something that's in you. And I've been looking for an album like this man for a very long time, brother. Let me tell you. And I heard it and I thought I was when um Jade reached out and said, there's an opportunity to have a chat, I was like, man, I'm taking this because I want to understand what's going yes. on here. You know so so you write the so you write the songs and you give it to the other guys in the band. In the studio, yes. or do you do everything pre-production?
1: Uh, yeah, we we, uh, we do it in a pre-production phase first, but but usually it's me writing up some uh, some idea, <clears throat> and um, I play it for the guys, and uh, they typically uh, rip their ideas to to a thousand pieces, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 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 we go <laughs> we go into. Uh, we go into to the studio with a pre-production of all the songs and in the studio sometimes when you record uh, the songs and you you're in your rehearsal room and you think this is uh, going to happen when you record it then there is the the song sometimes falls apart or misses something or you, or you yeah. yeah so so that's the the way we are yeah. We usually do it. Uh, some songs just write itself uh, at the spot. We're starting mm-hmm. with a riff or an idea for a chorus or, or or like that, and and we just go with it because I think when you when you create music, it's uh, as a musician you 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 think your own songs become dull as as, as you play them uh, ten or or twenty times, and then mus- musicians tend to. To create a lot of stuff that the listeners uh, don't understand, in my opinion. Mm. So, so for me, it's uh, it's about staying in the flow. And what's what got you hooked on your own song to begin with? And and we always take and uh, record it in the in when we rehearse. When we have a, a, a idea, um, we go with the first take and uh, and. And we just sort of put this into a case, saying this with the first take, and then we, we work like uh, on the song for for three or four hours, okay. and then we have a whole different song, and then we take the first uh, the first recording and uh, and help uh, hold these two together, and because it's so it's so important to stay in the flow when you're writing songs, in uh, in my opinion.
0: Mm. No, I agree totally. So, but, but how, Sorry, you go, mate. I won't interrupt. You go.
1: No, no, no. I, I'm. I think I'm finished.
0: Oh, it's it's. How did you find two people though that were willing to help you realize your vision? Because i be, I've been in heaps of bands, man, and they're fucking hard to be in, to be frank. And yeah, you're always on the basis. So I'm generally following what the leader is doing, and I'm happy to do that because it's not my band. I I turn up and I play and I do not necessarily what I'm told in in that. My philosophy is, okay, there's a leader and I'm helping the leader realize their vision. That's always been mine. But I've been a band leader before and I've, man, even with bands that I've been in where I could pay people, people turn up and they complain and they whinge and they bitch and they moan. How did you find these guys? How how did you find, um, you know, Lars and Michael (coughs) to help you realize this vision?
1: Yeah, well, well, uh, me and... Me and Michael goes way back because we, we started out when we were kids uh, playing with the, you probably know the guitarist Soren Andersen uh, from yeah. Denmark also. Yeah, of
2: course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, we had a band when we were teenagers um, and uh, Michael and Soren, um, they, uh, they moved to Copenhagen and... Um, and uh, I stayed in Fredericia, quite 200 kilometers between the cities, so so it's not that far. <clears throat> but um, when we recorded the first album, we had another bassist on uh, on noise pollution, but uh, we felt uh, it 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 wasn't quite what we were looking for. So mm. me and Lars, we went go. Uh, we we had a couple of bands before uh, we started uh, Black Income. So. When we came uh, out of the first tour, we, we decided to do um, a more organic kind of metal and rock. And I called up Michael and say, "Hey, Michael, you're the guy for this. So, yeah, I would love for you to come play with our band. Yeah, he's definitely and, the guy
0: for it. Yeah, the bass lines are fantastic, yes. man. I listened to that with headphones many times. Yes, uh, and mate, it's it's he's actually playing a different rhythm and melody than what you're doing.
1: Yes, yes, yes. He I is. heard that. And yes. I heard that. It was brilliant. Yes, he is an excellent uh, bass player and actually a good singer also. And you need to, if you're a bass player, you need to check out his solo. Um, he, he has a band called Superfoss. Superfoss. has a couple oh, of albums yeah. out. Yeah. Right. He actually won a Grammy once.
0: A, a Danish Grammy <laughs> or a US Grammy?
1: yeah. Yeah, well Danish Grammys, I think. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But I'll but, but out, he's yeah. the only Grammy winner I know. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. So um uh, check out his band because if you're a bass player you would love it. Okay. So Yeah, we'll
0: do. Yeah, I I look I listened to it and it was one of those things where another thing about the album is and I'm sure this is true about the band in general, but you could isolate so there's the vocals, there's the guitars, there's the bass and the drums. And I'm sure there's other things that you put in there too, but they're the four key elements. And what I yes. found was, I can, I'm, I'm, I can do this quite easily as a, as a musician. I, I, I hone in on what the individual mm. in, musician is doing. And I say, is yeah. it musical? And it's more than musical with you guys. I find you can isolate the tracks so as let's just stick with Michael. I found that I could listen to his bass line and it was a melody unto itself. Like, I could actually yes. stay interested. So he's from that, you know, Bob Daisley, you know, the great Australian bass player who was, yeah, yeah, wrote all the yeah, songs yeah. for Ozzy, you know. Um, it was like him. And that's the first time I've heard it. I'm sure there are others out there as I say them, but it's the first time I've really heard it. And I was like, shit, listen to that. <laughs> Here he goes. And, <laughs> and so you write these great songs and you've got these great musicians around you and it's just so rare to hear that, man. I mean, it's, uh, as I say, man, it's... Uh, it's the first time I've really heard it since Matt Sharp was in Weezer back in nineteen ninety six. It's been that long. It's been that
1: long. That's, it's fantastic. You know, well, well, well I think um, we are on the same same level, and uh, we have mm. played with a lot of uh, a lot of stars, being uh, begging musicians for uh,
0: yeah, with like Mike for Trump. a lot, like you've done Mike yeah. with White
1: Line and Mike Tramp and stuff. I can
0: see that. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So. So we are used to playing music and 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 we have seen the ups and the downs and and what we talked about when we started uh, uh, writing for on sound uh, we talked about it, it it this should not be a record that that presents uh, each uh, musician individual um we should we should find the key to where where we lock together as a band and it's mm. the band that's that's going to sound good. It's not what I'm playing or I'm singing or Michael what he's playing or what Lars are doing on the drums, but this needs to fit together as a one-piece band, uh, and that was the whole idea with with the new album. So I'm I'm very glad that you that you hear uh, the things you hear because that's uh, a big part of what we were going for, mm. uh, but but not uh, many of of the reviewers and. And people we talk to um, uh, ha- had caught that in our music. They they just think we are a grunge band or a stoner band or, yeah, or something like. Yeah, yeah, they're
0: not musicians, so they don't get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you yeah. you're sort of on level with King's X in that you're all great musicians, and collectively, yes. you're better because you're together. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and that's really we, rare. We love
1: K- we love King's X. <laughs> yeah, and actually, we were out having a beer with the uh, doc when he was in Denmark last oh. time. So. Mate, Doug... uh, because Michael is a very, very big fan of of Doug Pinning, so
0: <laughs> he's the one guy I have an interview yeah. that I want to interview. Let me tell you, I've had a few near misses, meaning that I've had yeah. a few people say that they can hook me up, and I'm sure they're legitimate. But just Doug's a busy guy, so he might not see the email or what have you. But he's, I've loved King's X ever since I heard Dog Man back in '93 or whenever that was released, yeah. and and to me is one of the greatest albums ever recorded. It's in my top ten ever, you know, and yes. I I totally agree. Oh, jeez. I mean, what's your favourite song off that album there? Uh,
1: On the top of my head, I can't remember the title, but I can remember song number, I think it's number two. It's not dark, Man. That's a, It's a great track, but the track shoes. The song called
2: Shoes.
0: Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. There yes. can so, be but better ways for better ways for me.
1: That one. Yeah. The exactly. Track, yeah. It has this rough kind of uh, still bluesy, groovy uh, kind of uh, rhythm going, and uh, I just love it. And there was a track called uh, Cigarettes. I think it was. Kind of cool. Kind Thank of cool. you.
0: That's actually one of my favorite yeah. songs ever, Cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen yeah. to that. That's the one song, and I was just talking about this the other night to a fella from a band called Ragdoll here in Australia. When that song comes on, yeah. I stop what I'm doing and yeah. I listen to it. It's one of those songs. Yes. It affects you. It's a wonderful song. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, I'm. So, this is interesting, isn't it? Because I often find that the musicians whose music I love, <laughs> we often love the same music ourselves. You know, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that symbiosis often occurs, doesn't it? And I love the fact that, of course, I'm in Australia and you're in Denmark, and we can sort of be influenced by the same things. I know it's it's a global economy these days, so there's hardly any yeah local scenes. But but, but, but that's that...
1: that's the wonderful thing with with music. It, it's not a language. It's a, more like yeah. a feeling or a state of mind. And, and and when you find someone you have something in common with, you have a lot to talk about. Yeah, and and music does that to people, I think. Um, that's correct. I often I often think of uh, uh, there are so many videos and so many pictures, and often when you see pictures in the TV, there's some music behind this. Come to a day where all music were were gone or deleted, uh, mm. you would just have the pictures and the videos, and that's not the same without the music. No, that's right. So, yeah. so 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 m- music. Uh, is adding something to, to the whole scene. I think
0: A cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Hey, let me let me yeah. ask you this question: Does uh, Case yes. Choice? They're from Denmark, aren't they?
1: Uh, Case Choice. Were they from Denmark? Oh, it, it's an old band. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think yes.
0: so. I saw them. I saw them here in Australia once, and they were God. They were fantastic. Yeah. I don't know too many yeah. other bands from Denmark, to be honest with you. Um, I know, of course, Lars Ulrich originally comes from Denmark, but apart from that. Um, you guys are about the most prominent Danish rock or metal band that I'm aware of, and I'm sure there are a ton out there. I'm just not aware of them. But yes, you know, when I, when I was just thinking, and I should have googled it before we had the conversation, but uh, Kay's Choice, man, they were a fantastic band back in the day, and they've got that same grit that you guys have got. So I was wondering if it was a Danish thing to sort of distill the essence of all these great rock and heavy metal bands and <laughs> pull them all together.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, i was sure. A case Choice was a great band, but but uh, there is a lot of great music going on in Denmark, uh, not only uh, rock and metal. But, uh, the rock and metal scene is actually quite small in Denmark. And, is that right? Um, yeah, and uh, there is a lot of bands, but but there is only about ten or fifteen bands that that are allowed uh, through the noise and uh, onto the media. So um, so w- with our new record, we are. We are sort of blacklisted in the in the like, Danish. Uh, is that right? Why is that? PR. yeah, I, I don't know because uh, maybe we are too nineties or maybe we are too stoned or maybe I don't know, but um, we we left our we we uh, we were our debut album was out on Mighty Music, but we didn't feel uh, that uh, that we wanted to. To send another album out on on that label, uh, because we thought we would try this ourselves um, with stupid music, and uh, yeah. Yeah. maybe it has something with that to, to do with that. I don't know, but mm. but it's it's quite strange that uh, everybody outside Denmark is very interested in Black Income, but Denmark itself are not that interested at the moment, but. Yeah, but things things okay. can turn around. Yeah.
0: yeah, That happens to a lot of Australian bands, too, in Australia, that they get big outside of Australia before they become yep. big in Australia. And it's really weird to, that happens. It must be <laughs> – yes. um, tell you something I've always noticed, and I, I go to uni these days, and uh, I'm not at uni with too many Danish students, but there are a few there. Because we are a bit Mm -hmm. of a destination in Australia, so we get people from all over the globe coming here. And uh, I've always noticed that Australians and Scandinavians get along. I don't know whether you've noticed that, but it's a symbiosis. that I And we can all be from different walks of life. I mean, just about everybody that I've ever met from Dane, except for yourself, of course, Denmark and, and of course, Scandinavia, the greatest Scandinavia, Norway, Sweden or Denmark that I've met at uni – they're not into heavy metal, but they're really cool people. And I've noticed we get along. Yes. Is that something that you've noticed about Australians as well?
1: Yes, actually. Uh, I met a couple of uh, Australian guys, and um, and we always get along. So uh, maybe uh, maybe you drifted too far away from Denmark and Sweden and Norway. <laughs> some... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, because, uh, yes... Uh, actually, also, also when I talk to you now, we we, we get along pretty pretty nicely and um, easily. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but 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 I don't know what what the symbiosis is. But uh, I know a few a few um, Danish bands who have been touring in uh, Australia and they come back and say, Hey, they are awesome people down there. Go there, man, and um, we will. Sometimes
0: I hope so. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. Actually, are, are there plans for it, if not Australia? I mean, are you, you going to go across the uh, the Atlantic there and go to the states? Because I'd imagine you guys would create a real ruckus over there.
1: Yes, uh, we have. We get a lot of love from the states also. But uh, at the moment, we are focused on Germany and the UK. Um, hmm. And I think we will start out. Uh, we, we only live about a hundred kilometers from from the the border to Germany. So. Okay. So why bother border, border playing in, in bother playing in Denmark if uh, the Germans are are on it? So so we will go there on some smaller tours, and we are planning a, a, a bigger tour for the UK. And actually, we were talking uh, yesterday about the USA, but but uh, I don't know yet. Uh, yeah, it's this. a tough market it to costs a lot out. of
0: money. And it costs a lot of money to go yeah. over there. Dan- Dan- Danish or Australian bands, we've, it's the same issues in, so far as, you know, yeah. you've got to get the right visa applications and then – You've got to trust exactly. promoters that they're not going to rip you off, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's got to be people out there that are, that are going to buy tickets because they've heard of you and all the rest of it. It's a real shame. I mean, this is the one negative about not having record companies these days is that nobody can put the bill for these tours. And I get, yeah. that, I get that in the past, that was only an advance and you had to pay it back, but it still gave you the opportunity to go to far-flung places and spread the word and share your music and these days you can't really do that because it's really a business when you're an independent band like what you guys are and you've really got to mm. everything's got to make sense from a business perspective before you go ahead and do it and man it's and, and I have this conversation too often to be honest with you but it's a worthy conversation in so far as yes how do we get more people to find out about black income you know because it's worth it i mean this is life affirming music here this is music that in my view is probably going to save people's lives so so how do we do this
1: uh, I, I actually don't know, because we are struggling with the, the social media and all the algorithms and oh, the stuff like yeah. that. And we're wanting you to pay a lot of money to, to get your posts out there. But yeah. uh, what, what we came to when we talked to our manager last time, it was um, we, we need to go out, play some live gigs. I, I still believe that music is meant to be heard live. And uh, yeah, great. although... Yeah. Although, although, there must, uh, the first time you play a venue in another country, uh, you need to play some support gig for for one or two other bands because there is no one going to to listen to just black income when, when we come to some place we never have been before. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I think our our new way of trying to to conquer the world is is by playing some more live gigs, and try to play with some bands that that have the same kind of genre uh, as, as we do. So uh, for, we, we played for some some black metal, uh, some warm-up uh, in, in Germany on the last tour. And, yeah, that's uh,
0: a good point. Yeah, was, it was a yeah.
1: different kind of people there. And, and it's not that uh, you, you don't gain that much from from that audience.
0: Is that right? You, yeah, you need- okay. Yeah, okay. Cause that's that's a really interesting point, because I was going to ask you, Volbeat are a massive mm-hmm. band these days. I get that. And I'm pretty sure they're from Denmark, aren't they? Uh, originally, yeah, yep, uh, yeah. Volbeat. I mean, but then I thought, that, I mean, Volbeat would be a great addition for you guys, if you guys got, I mean, I, I actually think you're a better band, to be honest with you. So, God, don't spread that too quietly. <laughs> Thank don't, you. Loudly, but no, no. I think you're much better, to be honest. Much better songs <laughs> and better yeah. musicians, but... Um sorry, I'm yeah. just talking about how I feel about things. But it's um, yeah, that's great. But when but I, I think that's a really important point you make about black metal and I'll say death metal bands and metalcore bands as well, is that I'm I predominantly interview bands from extreme metal, so death metal, black metal, whatever metal, you know, all of the different types of metal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you guys are the sort of rock music that I think could actually compete with the immortals and the demo gears. And the morbid angels of the world. I actually think the fans of mm-hmm. those bands could easily get into you because I'm a fan of those bands myself. And I really get into you, you guys, as you can tell. Yeah. So yeah. there's an opportunity there, I think, but it's just how to make it work, you know, and so I'll sort of go back onto the point and I'll say, you know, Volbeat sort of seemed to come from nowhere as far as I was concerned. Were they a band that was around for a while in Denmark and then blew up or what's your take on the Volbeat thing?
1: Uh, the Volbeat thing, uh, they were actually, uh, their first two albums, I think, were on the same label as we re- we released our debut album, uh, Mighty Music. And uh, I th- think it was something with the tour, the first tour they did with Metallica, really kicked it off for for Volbeat, uh, because the guys, uh, the front singer, Michael, was it some trash or or black metal band before, but yes. they couldn't really get anywhere with it. So, so they started wallbeat instead, and went on the tour uh, with uh, Metallica, and uh, didn't earn a dime, as the story goes here. Mm, so, okay. so uh, but 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 surely they 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 sound a lot a, a lot like uh, Metallica, and uh, and the fans they have been playing for uh, is easy to adopt. To to Volbeat when when they like Metallica, I think so. So they gained a lot of uh, a PR of that tour and and uh, and that's that what what's really kicked off uh, Volbeat, I think. Uh, so so yeah. so we need to, to, to do some kind of tour because as you're saying, well, how 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 do I find someone that likes music similar to Black Income? How, how can I do that? I, I don't know. You, I, I can be in some blogs or radios and interviews and stuff like that. But to really get people to click on your music and listen to your music, that that's the hard part.
0: Yeah, to spend time listening to an album these days, it requires an investment of time. And, and yes. I think a lot of the people who are underneath the age of 30 have grown up not listening to albums. They've mm. grown up with social media yeah. and they've grown up with – the Spotify equivalents in MySpace, whatever it's, you know, it started with MySpace and it's torrenting and all the rest of it. So they're not listening to albums. They're listening to individual songs and playlists and all this bullshit. But I think that (laughs) you've – and so that's that's why they're only listening to fucking Metallica's Creeping Death and then the next song is Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth. They're not investing in a black income – or so many of the other great bands, or Sifting, Eduardo from Sifting, who I interviewed this morning, they're not investing in you guys, and it shits me, because you guys, to be honest, man, I mean, without getting paid for playing music, you're probably only going to go for another five to ten years max, and then you, you go back to a day job or what have you. And and I, this is, mm-hmm. I, I can't, me personally, my opinion, and I know you've not asked for it, but I'll share it anyway, can't stand Metallica yeah. and Slipknot, can't stand that shit. You know, I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand why. I'm, I'm in my 40s, so I'm probably beyond it, and I'm trying not to sound like the old man on my porch with my shotgun, but I get a bit tired <laughs> of fans investing all this time in the new Metallica album, which is shit, to be honest with you. Uh, Hardwired yeah. to Self-Destruct is a, 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 a deplorable album. Compared to yours, it's a piece of shit. It's a screaming, steaming pile of dog shit. But I, all these fans, they love it. They go and buy the vinyl <laughs> version and the CD version. If there's a tape version, they'll buy that. And it's like, what yeah. is it about this music played by... Like, Lars can barely drum anymore. He can, oh, barely, right. he can barely keep time. And that's not being critical. No. When I watched him here in Brisbane, and I've told Lee Harrison from Monstrosity this story and Terrorizer this story, there was once, one, on one occasion, James got so frustrated, he turned to him and he said, at least the three of us finished on time and stared at Lars. <laughs> like, that happened. And, and I, think, I, think, I don't think he was joking either. You know what I mean? I don't think he said it like tongue-in-cheek or anything like that. He had the shits because Lars is dragging the beat, and I could hear that he was doing it. But, and, 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 and I think, well, all these rusted-on fans to these established bands who no longer have any value to add, as far as I'm concerned, oh. and then you guys come along with this absolute instant classic in Unsound, and mm-hmm. I don't know how many years it's going to reach. And it's, a, it's one of those situations where with the internet, with it being so noisy, with all of these bands on there all saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. But the quality isn't there for 95% of them. It just isn't there. You've got well,
1: it. You're totally right. Yeah, and you've got Thank it. For you. Yeah, and it's Well, like... I, I, I actually uh, uh, I saw a documentary on, uh, on Metallica uh, writing some new songs in the studio they used about eleven month or so, uh, but they ha- they haven't got any ideas. So they they just start uh, with nothing in the studio mm. and, and jam on, on on some things and and looking at all that that merchandise and the way they they sell themselves today, uh, I think they are more like a brand than they are a band. Actually, I, I think all of their fans they they buy their stuff, their t-shirts, their caps and all of that and I think they they make millions on 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 these things yeah, and they're, it's they're not all about the music anymore yeah it's it's it's, it's more about uh, uh, liking the brand Metallica uh, yeah they're doing manner.
0: this they're doing like I, I follow them on social media and some of the yeah. pictures I see they've got their standing neck and and I'm sure they're doing this with like it's righteous what they're doing like they're, they're a, they've set up a Metallica Foundation and they're giving checks to people in the Czech Republic like have you seen them standing there with these enormous checks so yeah I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave Rob Truulio out of this because I think he's a champion of a human being and I love what he does but the mm. other the other three just seem to be locked into this this groove and they don't know how arrogant it looks do you understand like if you're a philanthropist, yeah, yeah I totally like, understand my point is if you're a philanthropist you give money and it doesn't matter whether you get recognition for it or not you just don't you don't show off about it. You just give oh. the money and you go, I hope that helps. And I know you're a good organization and I know you're going to put the money to good ends. So yeah. I don't need to virtue signal about this on social media. And it really annoys me because they're not helping as far as I'm aware. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. They're not helping yeah. emerging bands like yourself. They're not giving you the cosign. They're just, no, no, they're, not. they're taking out lamb of God for God's sakes who barely need the fucking promotion.
1: Yes, you know, exactly. And... But but I, I think it's uh, some promotion or some record label or some manager behind the scenes that that really that, that books all of of, of these uh, things. And for for them uh, to choose more established bands to play with Metallica, they they can earn, they can earn a lot of money there. I think, hmm. uh, and there is not a lot of money uh, for them to earn when they choose a band like Black income because we don't have any money at the moment so 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 it's it's kind of hard to get a shot like that so um, hmm. so so you need to go there you need to pay for, to go there if you want uh, if you want out so so that's that's the whole point I think it's money. No, nothing yeah. more or less oh it's a business we look <laughs> it's look, we, sad
0: we get it look we all understand that it's a business and we we recognize yes. that and we live in a capitalist society and thank god we do because otherwise we'd be living in a, a socialist environment or in parts of yeah. africa where it's lawless and we don't want to do that because then it's chaos and you can't raise families and all the rest of it so like as you know i mean keeping everything in context at least we can drink clean water and we have food on our yeah. table and don't have to worry about someone knocking on our door and having a you know, families—something uh, <laughs> bad happened to our families. You know, at night. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, a bit, i mean, keeping all of that in mind, it's still the point is—is is that my view on things is that these bands that are established have a uh, have a responsibility because they came up through an era where it was far easier to come up through because they had record mm-hmm. label support. And I—I I I caught up with the Metal Church guys the other night. You know, the band Metal Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome guys, so cool. Yes, let me tell you, man. Mike, and those guys are so cool. And I just wish all of the established bands could be like them. You know, yes. they're just such cool guys. And they recognize that they're fortunate to have what they've got with their careers in that because they were a band back in the 80s, it was easy to come through, even though they got ripped off by record labels. And they might not even yeah. made a return on the albums that they uh, released via major record labels back in the 80s. But because of the internet now... They have got mm-hmm. a career because of the wonderful career that they could forge back in the '80s, and the fans reward them for it. Man, there was a room full of people in Brisbane watching them play, a band from Seattle, yeah. you know, and it was it yeah. was incredible. Great band, as I say, man. Can't say enough nice things about those guys. And and I, I, was, I even caught up with Kurt because I, I get along with Kurt really well. You know, we exchange emails yes. and chat, and and I think, man, why can't bands more people in established bands be like Kurt? You know, why can't like just be cool and help? emerging bands out like yeah. you guys, you know, who are playing great music because man, you never know how the wheel is going to turn in 20 years time. You might be the new Metallica and you will remember yeah. who helped you out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, if I knew it, I would tell you, but, but I, I don't know what it is with, with the, with the whole music scene and why, uh, why bands can't, uh, can't help each other out because, uh, I tried uh, some while back uh, with with some smaller bands, and I said, "Hey, we we all have like uh, two thousand likes on Facebook and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we share each each other's videos out? When when you come with a new video, we share it out. Because I don't believe that when you, when you catch up with a new band, you will take all your black income CDs and throw them out. You just say, "Hey, another band for my record uh, or my playlist or or something like that." Um, but, but it's, it's so hard to come by because people, people think when they suppress other bands, uh, they, uh, they gain a little from it. But, but I think it's the, the other way around. We, yeah. we need to be more supportive right. of each other.
0: You're right. Yeah. I, that's such a good thing that you say, man, that you did. And I admire that enormously because even at my minuscule level, As a musician. though, I find podcasting really easy because the few podcasters like me that are around in Australia, we're really supportive of each other, like Andy Dowling. We really do help each other out and we have each other on each other's podcasts. I'm going to reach out to some other people. and Just in a podcasting world, because it's similar to being a musician because here's the thing, we're all originally musicians anyway, (laughs) which is what (laughs) inspires us to become podcasters. But I know what you're saying about um, being a musician. It's like other bands are so petrified of you getting an advantage over them because you because they helped you out that they're not willing to help you out and I never understood that because it nope. it isn't like that at all there's tales of litany of like even Celtic Frost and Destruction toured back in the day together and figured things out you know like bands that are seemingly at opposite ends of the musical spectrum can work together but like to your point you've reached out to people and got a lukewarm response and it's just i guess it's just human nature it's not even anything to do with the music industry it's just
1: human nature yeah maybe maybe it's uh, human nature but but I, I, I don't get it at all but but uh, i uh, i always i have always been supportive of new bands and um, i have a little uh, studio where i record some some stuff and um cool. i always help bands out because uh, that's the way music is supposed to be. We help each other. And uh, when we go to a live concert and we are three bands, we help each other out. If anyone needs a cable or something, don't sweat it, take mine. Uh, and, uh, and why can't we be supportive of, of, of different kinds of bands on the social media and stuff? Because I don't think that people who, who likes uh, our page in Black Income I don't think they necessarily just want to see Black Income on that page. They, they want to see similar bands as well to, to get great. some new stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so we are trying to build up a kind of, it's small for now, but, but we have a couple of bands we, uh, we work together with uh, that has the same idea on how we can help each other out on social media. Hmm. So, so it starts small, but I think in time... We we will all gain from it. So, but yeah. but but I don't know why people people think by helping other musicians that they they s- some kind of hurt their own uh, kind of music. That I don't know I, either,
0: mate. But I've even noticed it seems here. Seems stupid. But it, it even happens in Brisbane here in the covers scene. You, you help yeah. other people out. Like when I say covers scene, mate, we don't have fans. People are already there, and we play. But bear, okay. that because they've got like 400, 500 likes on their Facebook page and my band had okay. 350. Do you understand? So they're saying because they've mm. got 450 Facebook likes on their page and my band might have 300, they think that they're more popular because they've got 150 more likes. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I just I looked at it and I yeah. was like, what the? Are we, we're we pissing in the wind here, all of us. Why don't we just help each other out yeah. to your exact point? So I, I understand the sentiment. I get what you're trying to do, and I don't know why more bands aren't willing to support each other when you're at that sub indie level. I I don't understand that, but all I can think is it says a lot about human nature. Because and and uh, but but the other thing too, mate, is just keep this in mind: you you guys are a very very good band, so you're very threatening to people. You understand what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> so we are threatening to other bands, yeah. Because they're maybe.
0: shit. They're probably shit, dude. And yeah. you guys are playing and doing your thing, and you've got this killer album, mate. And they're listening to it, and they're like, "Oh god, oh god, we're shit." Yeah, maybe, maybe,
1: maybe. maybe. Yeah, I, I haven't turned it around that, but because I, I didn't think of our album as, as, as how you describe it. So uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that could be something. I, I don't know, but. Um, it's kind of sad that that we're not able to help each other out on 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 a smaller level i think but uh no, but that's the so. way it is yeah. and uh, and nobody knows uh if is if uh, facebook is going to be around in 10 years maybe it it's some kind of other social platform or uh, so so we can be wasting a lot of time uh, putting ourselves out there at the moment but but i think it's uh Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter is probably the best places to be as a band today. So mm.
0: yeah, that's all you got. Twitter, not so much. I find I'm on Twitter a lot with because I do a lot of sports journalism. Yes, and I write. You, you got you guys have got rugby in Denmark. I'm sure or you've seen rugby in England and France and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I write a lot about yeah. rugby. And uh, I mean, Twitter is good for sports. I find. But not so much for music. Like, I don't find that I get so much engagement on that. Instagram and Facebook are still the number one and two or whatever, vice versa. Um, Yes. For those, for for engagement with fans. But I, I just prefer Twitter. I just find it easier for some reason. I don't know. I guess it's just a personality thing. Apart from it being a bloody sewer of political opinion which I don't pay any attention to.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <You know. laughs> yeah, but yeah. You, I mean, you, and you said something earlier about the algorithms. I mean, the most powerful people in the world are the people that control the algorithms on social media. Um, yes. People think it's Trump think so. and Vladimir Putin. It's not. It's the people that control the algorithms because they're controlling what you're reading and what you're watching.
1: Exactly. But but they're also controlling uh, the, the music that's getting on the, the bigger playlist with, for, for instance, uh, Spotify and stuff like that. They are also algorithmic, so uh, so it's computers who are who are deciding if black Income should be on a, a playlist or not. That's Indeed. that's some kind of stupid to me, but I think it's the end of the humankind when we leave it all to the machines. But. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, it, it, it is when
1: when we control them and
0: we just let let it set and forget, to your point there. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. as I mentioned a few times, I'm back at uni and I'm, I'm actually a social media major. So I'm right on top okay. of this stuff. And it's incredible. Like, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. really incredible that way. Like, you think, you know, anybody that spends money boosting posts on Facebook, you might as well get however much money you spent on it. Say you spent 500 kroner or $500 mm-hmm. or whatever and just piss it piss on it yeah. and flush it down the toilet yeah. because it's not going to work you've got to advertise that's the only way to do it and even then the point that i make with people who like the thing the point that i would make with mark zuckerberg if i ever i got a 30 second conversation with him uh, is chance yeah yeah if if i if i was going to spend $1000 how do you guarantee i'll get an, a return on my investment Exactly. You, and you can't that's the thing so i'm basically no. just paying for him to buy another bugatti
1: Yes, got one. exactly, <laughs> and 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 you don't have any guarantee guarantee that uh, that that Facebook is going to be around. No, they, they can shut it down, and you can do anything about it. So, mm. but you can put a lot of money into ads, but um, yeah, but but, mm. but no guarantees.
0: Well, man, I I I'll leave it there, and I don't know what to say to you, yeah. man. Outside of like, I think you're an incredible musician. I think you've written the album of not just your lifetime, but our lifetimes. Um, I just really hope that people listening to this—I mean, they're probably fans of mine and fans of yours already—so they're going to be right into it. But I hope they share, and I hope that they spread the gospel of black income because it's deserved, mate. You know, and yeah. you are you just what you've done here, <clears throat> mate. Is—is is, uh, I can't throw enough really nice words at you and superlatives at you to support what you're doing because I just really hope you continue to do what you're doing here because it's—you've—you uh, re- get it and you've nailed yeah. it. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope we can do album three that that are just as good as number two. So, mate, it'll be, better, it'll be it'll so. be a hell
0: of an accomplishment if you can, because I'm not sure. The only problem with a, with an album like unsound is that it's going to be very hard to best. Um, yes. Not just for you, but for we anybody know. else playing rock music these days, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to do it. And, so just take your time, oh. man. Just do it when you're ready. You know, if you're not feeling inspired, don't do it. You know, don't think the thing that I want the other, the final point I make for you, mate, is that you've actually created the legacy here. So, in my view, on this is in fifty years' time, people are going to pick up Unsound and go, "This is a good band." So, and then they're going to dive into the rest of your catalogue long after maybe, hopefully, you know, shuffled off this mortal coil. You know, like your grandchildren will say, "My granddad." You know, in like twenty ninety five. We'll go <laughs> well, think about it like this. They'll go, my granddad played in this great band yeah. and he had this podcast with this bloke from Australia. Yeah. He said this is a great album. Listen to Look it. At and his this instruments with strings
1: on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you
2: know.
0: I just I just hope it happens, mate. I just I just feel so privileged to hear this sort of music, man. So thank you to Jade for sending it through, but most importantly, thank you for making the
1: music that you've made. Thank you for taking the time and thank you so much for all the kind words. Well, um, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of speechless because uh, it's uh, it's hard yeah. getting uh, all this uh, love from Australia. So <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to talk to my band members now and tell them that we got something going on down there. So, uh,
0: yeah, I'll see what we can do. I've I've long we thought need... about getting into promotion. I just, to be honest, man, you lose a lot of money bringing bands to Australia, as you can imagine, because of the plane flight, the flights, the yeah. cost of flights and
1: stuff. It costs a lot of money to come
0: here. I'd love. to. Yeah, actually,
1: um, I was talking to a band that was in Denmark called Videli. You okay. you know them from Not, Australia? I've no. heard of them, but oh. I don't know them yet. Oh, awesome band! A oh, three piece band. Um, uh, but they they they. They told me that it was kind of expensive to, to uh, travel all the way up here just to play a few gigs. So, so they uh, put together a, a longer tour down with, yeah. uh, with Germany and stuff like that to, to pay for the bills, like they say. So yeah. uh,
0: That's the only way you can do we, it. You can do it if you're an Australian being yeah. going to Europe because you can play about seven countries in the space of about a week, a week and a half. But in Australia, yeah. where else the hell can you go apart from New Zealand? And there's hardly anybody there anyway. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so where do you go? There's hardly anybody here in Australia except for in Sydney and Melbourne. Like, I'm I'm not from Sydney or Melbourne. I'm from Queensland, and there's I live in and amongst okay. the cane fields, you know, like a rural, semi-rural area, um, mm. in suburbia. But like, you know, I live in a house with a regular backyard, but not a lot around. If yeah. I go into the city, it's still sixty k's away. You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. It's still costs well, me. Well, I up. love.
1: I love Australia. Every time I see, I would love to go there. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of expensive. But but maybe we can work something out. Yeah, fingers crossed. And get probably. down there.
0: Fingers crossed. So look, what I'll do from here, if you're comfortable with everything we've spoken about, I certainly am. I'm, if you've listened yes. to my podcast series before, what I do, I just post it as it is, basically. And I think people, what they like about mine is, man, it's a bit like Joe Rogan's podcast, if you've heard of him. It's yeah, just, yeah. I post it as it is. I don't even have intro music, to be honest with you, mate. I just put it up and I find that a couple of hundred people listen to it who are real music fans. And I know that because they send me messages about the interviews that I do, man. And I love the bands that I'm interviewing, even if they don't know who they are. So, fantastic. Um, you know, what I might actually, with your permission, I don't do this, yeah. but I might make an exception here if you allow it do you mind if I play one of your songs on my podcast episode? Like, cause I know there's some licensing problems and all that sort of stuff, but is that okay? Oh, there's
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, because I think
0: yeah. I, I, I don't want, what I want to be able to do is um, I want to back up what I've been saying with people who won't dive deeper and discover your music with what your music sounds like. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, you won't get any royalties from yeah. it or what have you, but what can I do? I just want to share your music.
1: Hey, you're you're uh, you're using time on our our part now so uh, so uh, so if you, if we can give you some music to play on your show or, or do anything with uh, there you go.
0: Cool man. yeah, uh, I, I, it'd be great. yeah, no it would be problem. awesome to do it because I just I really want people to hear how good you guys are that might not dive a bit deeper and investigate it. I want to force them to listen to you, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent.
1: That's, That's the kind of promo we need
0: indeed it is. Well, yeah. Just
1: shove it down the floats. So, <laughs> no. Uh, well you can uh, you can send me your email and I'll uh, email you a Dropbox link when you can find our music and and stuff like that.
0: Oh I've re- I've already got your CD so Jade sent it through like the um Oh okay. I've already okay. got I've already got Unsound. Yeah, so that's no worries. Yeah, Jade was great. I don't even know how she got my details to be honest with you, but I I get a heaps of because I'm a podcaster yeah. I get and I used to have a radio show. I get heaps of Emails come through, as I say, but Jade, I'm really glad she found me. So she's from Memphia. Yes. Memphia Music PR. There you go. she's from the UK, is she?
1: Yeah. Yes, she is. Uh, we have used her for for releasing the album uh, as a a PR agent.
0: She's really helping good. Us.
1: Yeah, she's really. Yes, good she member. is. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah. And uh, we just got a uh, eight out of ten from the Power Play UK magazine. So review so so it was also her that uh that came through so uh, we are very grateful that we we chose her because with the money music we we did before we we paid a lot of money and we didn't get half as we we did with uh yeah. with jade so so yeah. we are very pleased to work with her yeah
0: yeah and that's that's so. a lot of the battle isn't it i know You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject there was a fellow called Henrik Thrain and he's from a Danish outfit, an excellent outfit called Black Income. Thanks so much for listening.